Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Good afternoon and welcome to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. Nathan Zagura alongside Gerard Cherry, today in for Bo Bishop. Gerard, how you doing, man? I am doing excellent, Nate Dog. How are you feeling, my man? You know, battling, battling. Today, though, I definitely feel I feel better. I feel like I sound a little bit better. So I'm hopeful that, you know, we're going to carry some of this momentum. But I got knocked out, Gerard, after the game. It started to happen a little bit during the game, my voice anyway, uh, on Saturday. And then by Sunday, I was like rocked. The flu got me pretty good. And Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, even yesterday was a struggle. But today, I finally feel a little bit better and that's good because I want to be healthy for this game and I want to be healthy for the holidays. I mean, come on. I heard that. Now, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but if I were you, I'd be campaigning right now to close those windows. But, hey, it is what it listen, is. <laughs> I, listen, I said that to Gibbe yesterday. I brought that up. I said, what do, I mean, what are we doing with the window situation? If it's negative 20, I mean, I feel that that feels untenable to me to be exposed. To, it feels like it's dangerous to be exposed <laughs> we're, to We're, we're going to have a little discussion, but be ready. Be ready for those at least to be partially open. You think he really wants more? I mean, he's a legend. What are you going to do? Well, but it's not that – it's not just about that. It's if the you sound. have a plastic window in front of you, that sound just bounces right back. No, I hear you. And you don't get the stadium sound and the fans and everything else. Maybe – can we see, inquire about bringing in like an, a couple actual heaters in there, like real space heaters? Because if we had that, I wouldn't mind if it was open. Well, you've got heaters at your feet. Yeah, but those are, as you know, insufficient. Well, I, I don't know where else we'd put them, though. Is there even an outlet in there? I don't know. Yeah, there there are. Yeah. See, that um, right there brings be- an interesting point, though. Think about that. What supersedes an actual football game is the weather conditions because they're so adverse. And yeah. right now, if you're a player, you're more concerned, not even about your opponent. How are you going to physically get through this football game when you consider what's ahead? And that's a real concern for players right now. It's a concern for you, Gerard, for crying out loud. I'm worried about you, brother. What I mean, what's your plan for out there? <laughs> you don't want to know my plan. It might be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whatever you got to do, strap the heaters to your body, whatever it takes, like, man. What's that, you got to survive. What's that canteen in his pocket? <laughs> don't even worry about it. That's right. Whatever keeps you warm, man. Whatever keeps you warm, Gerard. It's I love it. Everybody for themselves, buddy. <laughs> But you mentioned it for the players. I mean, the crazy thing about this game is that it is possible and and the coaches and the players have got to prepare themselves for a scenario in which you literally can't throw the football, that it might be impossible to throw the football under the conditions, certainly not down the field, and that it may be a cold, physical, grinded-out running game where the team that's able to break the other team's will finally wins. Yeah, if the weather doesn't do it first, because that's really what it was going to boil down to. How do you deal with the elements? Because it's going to be, in my mind, about the rushing attack. So the fact, and to the Saints' credit, they have, a, in my mind, a prolific passing attack. Dalton has done fairly well. If you go back and watch yeah. the Falcons game, which I know you have, because you're excellent at your prep preparation, you see that, hey, Dalton spreads the ball out well to, sh- to, sh- to the rookie Rashid Shaheen, and you see – Juwan Johnson, the tight end, he does a good job. And then Jarvis gets in the mix every now and then. Olave, though he may not be able to go, gets put in there. And then you got you got the Swiss Army knife. And t- Kamara. And, 
as as well as Kamara. Not to mention yep. Ingram's back there too. So they got talent from a skill position standpoint. The name is this is escaping me. Who's the quarterback slash Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill, thank you. Slash running yep. back slash receiver. So they got talent on the offensive side of the ball, but it's going to be minimized, I believe, due to the weather. So who has the best rushing attack is really going to, in my mind, have to win this game. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. You mentioned Andy Dalton and, and, and getting ready for this one. Last four games, Andy Dalton, 71% completions, 8.5 yards per attempt. That actually leads the NFL over the last four games. Mm-hmm. Six touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 117. That leads the NFL right, over it. the last four games. Just- He's a veteran. He knows where to go with the ball. He doesn't have a huge arm, but he knows where to go with the ball and, and keeps the ball out of harm's way. Yeah, well, again, I can't say enough about this the, the receivers that they have. I'm telling you, it jumps out at you when you watch him when you watch Shaheed him play. He can fly. He can flat out fly. 22.3 yards a catch. Yeah, point return guy, just blazing, blazing. And so in a lot of ways, I mean, I, I like our secondary matchup against pretty much everybody, so that doesn't sure. put fear in my heart when we have a talented receiving core come to town. But, again, this game won't be about – it shouldn't be about passing because on no. top of that, we're talking about what? 30 to 60 mile range of a 30 to 60 mile per hour gust of wind. And the fact, how the ball, I don't care how tough you are, if Dalton is putting anything on it, and it might be actually good for them that he's not a strong arm quarterback. Because, say, for example, guys who are historically known for strong arms, like an Allen, like an Elway, and guys like that, you don't want to catch their football in this weather. It hurts no. too much. I mean, so again, you're dealing with stuff from a player perspective that games like this. You generally abhor. Now, if you're a slow guy and you're a lineman or something like that, you love these games because it evens the playing field. And it actually makes you equal with the guys who are normally 10 times faster than you. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, Jawan Johnson. When you watch him, converted wide receiver, was an undrafted free agent as a wide receiver. He's got seven touchdowns this year. That's second most in the NFL at the tight end position behind only Travis Kelsey. All seven of them have come since week seven, Mm -hmm. which is the second most in the NFL of anybody outside of A.J. Brown. Five touch, a touchdown in five of his last seven games, two multi-touchdown games. I mean, he's become a real weapon for them. Right. And when you watch him play, one of the things that you walk away from experiencing yourself is, one, why aren't people covering this guy? And how does he manage to find himself always open? And then he does a superior job after the catch of running with the football as well. So, again... This Saints team, I don't, I don't know what's going on down there, Nathan, because the defense has ballers too. So I can't, ex- I cannot explain to you the record. I mean, they sh- they should have lost the game to the Falcons, had because the Falcons were driving late. And to Ritter's credit, he was making moves, and then London fumbled the football and and cost him the game. But I'm still, tr- and then obviously what took place against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a major collapse on their part. So. Sure. They should be better than what their record indicates because the team, Lord knows, is talented. But you've heard me say this plenty of times now. Talent is never enough. No. Well, I'll give you the one stat that is the reason why their record is what it is and not significantly better. They are last in the NFL in turnover differential. They have generated the lowest number, the fewest number of takeaways Mm -hmm. this season. They have the third most turnovers this season. You add it up. That's the deal right there. They're last in turnover differential. If they were better in turnover differential, I'm pretty sure they would be a better football team this season. They only have three picks on the whole year, and turnovers, as you know, are massive game-changing plays. That's really been their issue. And if the Browns can win the turnover battle, if the Browns can go a game without turning it over like they did against the Ravens, by Mm -hmm. the way, that's only the third time this year the Browns have had a game without a giveaway, and Oh, by the way, the Browns are 3-0 and in those games. 
then that's that's been their issue. That's the Achilles heel of the Saints team. Right. I'll add to us as well, like we did last week, minimizing the penalties. That's going to also help the cause. So, yeah, you're not turning that football over and you're being cautious with it and you're not just being free willy with it, then you're going to be all right. But, yeah, as I think more about it, the Saints, that makes all the sense in the world because when you look at what took place with the Buccaneers, when you look what, at other games that they played, it's come down to that impromptu interception or fumbling at the wrong time, that's going to get you beat. And I have to think, though, Nathan, with, again, having lived in New Orleans, played in New Orleans, and knowing that right now they're experiencing 50-degree weather, I mean, that's cold for them, and people will break out their parkas with that. But just imagine dropping another 58 to 70 degrees, potentially, what that's going to feel like. Yeah, it's it's, – yeah. Craziness. It's going to be crazy. I want to go back to something that you said earlier. You brought up Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's their second leading rusher, 449 yards, five touchdowns. He's averaging 6.6 yards a carry. He's got 18 rushing touchdowns the last three seasons. And this year, they're 3 and 0 when he's got at least nine carries. In this game, it feels like they could go with Taysom Hill maybe as their primary quarterback. I would, yeah. Against us and just run the ball on mm-hmm. that's, that's That should be their game plan. Think about it. And sometimes what they will do is they'll put Dalton out wide just to throw off the formation and then hike it directly to Kamara or Hill and let him Hill throw the football. So that's a nice wrinkle that they have that we'll have to prepare for. But if I'm if I'm Joe Woods, I'm certainly considering and if I am the as well as the Saints, that makes a lot of sense. Cause this should be an old school, back in the day, Army, Navy, Notre Dame type of football game where with the teams who had the wishbone won the game and ran the best. Because how do you pass in these conditions effectively? Because we will have no clue where the wind's going to be blowing. And if it is blowing 40 – remember that Raiders game? Yeah. And we lost that game, and I feel the reason why we lost that game a couple years ago is because we won weren't physical in those yeah, elements. They ran, and, a, they ran it on us. And they came there, and they were like, we're going to be more physical, and we had no interest in being that. We can't be that way, obviously, on Saturday. But I think it's going to be – we've gone through these type of games before because that was impossible what throwing conditions due to the weather. Yeah, and they out-physicaled us, and the Browns are going to have to be the more physical team in this one against this Saints team. Now, the Browns had some good news yesterday. Pro Bowl, Miles Garrett, Joel Batonio, Nick Chubb, all selected to the 2023 Pro Bowl. By the way, third straight year that Garrett, Batonio, and Chubb, the three of them together, have represented the Browns at the Pro Bowl. Wyatt Teller obviously went. Denzel Ward's gone in that time as well. But that trio, three straight Pro Bowl appearances for all three, that's pretty impressive, Gerard. Oh, it certainly is. Because whenever you're getting elected, and granted, they don't have the game anymore. They have the, what, the competitions or something like that. But anytime you get recognized by your peers, by the fans, by the league, in that honor, it's a, it's a huge honor. And just to take you back back to the game, I'm pretty sure some guys are actually happy that the game's not taking place anymore. Because I used to have teammates who would go tell you, Nathan, that, man, I lost money going to the Pro Bowl because this became some deal where family members – and it, I don't know why it became a league tradition that you would take immediate family, cousins, aunts, and uncles, and next you know something that was supposed to be a celebration of you getting paid for winning a game. And I think at that time it might have been the hundred thousands or something like that for winning. Yeah, you pretty much that whole check went to covering your expenses for being there, so you lost money on the prospect. Yeah, that's I mean first world problems in some way, but also <laughs> it is that is that. ridiculous. I agree with that. Ridiculous. Um. Amari Cooper, Jack Conklin, Denzel Ward, Wyatt Teller, David Njoku selected as alternates. I think David Njoku, keep an eye on him. I still think he has a chance to make it. I think if, if the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, that would take Travis Kelsey out. And deservingly I so. Think, 
I think he's got to be the third tight end mm-hmm. in the AFC there. I mean, there's nobody else. So I, I think that David Njoku would be that guy. So that's one I'm keeping an eye on there. And, and I think he deserves it. I think he's played at a very, very high level for the Browns this season. Yeah. And has really kind of showed why they gave him that franchise contract, which has been great to see. Um, Gibbe, I know you've got the final injury updates. You told them to me earlier, but I have not quite remembered them clearly. I know Nick Chubb You're and Miles Garrett. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll fill for you a second. Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, good to go. John Johnson, questionable. Jadevian Clowney out with a concussion. Yeah, Clowney is indeed out with a concussion. Uh, he still hasn't cleared protocol. Um, Ethan Posick looked good in return from IR. He will be activated and started center Saturday. Oh, he will Browns. start? Wow. That will be a big deal. Uh, Nick Chubb looked good. Miles Garrett feeling better. Both are clear to play. Uh, John Johnson the third is questionable with that thigh injury, uh, but he was on the field today during the media portion of practice. I would expect him to be able to go as well. And and Nathan, so it looks going, like everybody's up except Clowney. And and Nathan, quickly before we go completely and I get an opportunity to mention this again, I just want to say something about David Njoku, as yep. far as. What I'm seeing from my vantage point is that I know a lot of people are like, why are you paying this guy all this money? One, the talent has always been there, always yep. been there, been on display, and you've seen signs of it. And what you're getting now with the opportunities is more of it being a regular as opposed to once they focus on him and put him as a part of the game plan. But the thing that's really, really, really impressed me about David is the leadership role that he's taking on. I have seen yeah. this guy on the sideline, guys, implore his teammates we need to go out there and be about something, play for some reason greater than ourselves and our own stats, but actually to win football games and represent this team. And when you start having key guys who are handsomely paid, who are focal points of your football team, starting to create this type of accountability, you're on the right path, and you want to empower that. You want to make this type of guy a captain with his play and what he has to say and backing it up. So I've been very impressed by that. Yeah, and do you think part of that is you, you when you – start off in the league and let's say you know you were not a blocker obviously at the U and and you were not asked really to block and then you get to the league you're asked to block his commitment to that part of the game which is not glamorous and the way that he improved himself there don't you think that carried a lot of weight obviously with the organization but also with his teammates who saw and respected the work that he put in to physically dominate somebody even though that's not the glamorous part of being a tight end in the NFL? Oh, absolutely, because it shows it's not about you. There's sacrifice involved with that because we know he can catch. We know he can run after the catch, and we certainly know he can hurdle somebody. But once you're doing things that aren't typically associated with you as being a receiving tight end and you find yourself actually blocking and paying the price and sacrificing and putting yourself in harm's way because that can impact your catching ability if you're blocking and you get caught up in that, and there's a risk of injury with that as opposed to just flat-out running routes. So for him to do that, guys take that and respect that because they understand the circumstances that are at hand. And, yes, that's a matter of maturity as well. And let's, I mean, let's be frank about it. Obviously, he ended up in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse for a moment or two there and it didn't look like it was going to work out. And then, obviously, when they brought in, oh, was it Cooper from um, – Atlanta? Gosh, who's our tight end? Turn your – what? Mike on. Uh, Tight end from Atlanta, free agent. Austin Hooper. Hooper, Hooper. I called him Cooper Hooper. And then – so that obviously rubbed things the wrong way for David. But to the organization's credit, they stuck with him. And to his credit, he didn't quit, and he's paying the price. And that's what you have now, that, hey, I'm a complete tight end. 
and people respect that. That gets you nods for the Pro Bowl, and it also gives you command in the locker room that when you speak up, guys are going to respect what you have to say. I love that, and Gerard would know he's been around winning teams three-time Super Bowl champion. By the way, I got this tweet today from AK Sun. He says, if Z is going to complain about the cold nonstop, I'm going to hop on the old snowmobile and bring him a head-to-toe for outfit. Fine. Thank Please you. do. Bring me one. Please do. I'm yeah, just well, going to say, more I for Gerard, Gerard really. more than anybody. Yeah, more for Gerard. Then he said, I mean, is there anything he fears more than below freezing temperatures? Yeah, a lot of things. Snakes, spiders, sharks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, the cold is not at the top of the list, but it's just not something I'd prefer to deal with. It's not something that anybody wants to just go stand outside. Like if they said it was going to be 110 degrees in the, and sweltering heat in the sun, I wouldn't like that either. I'm not about extreme temperatures. I'm about comfortable Comfort. temperatures. <laughs> Comfort. You know what I mean? It's not just that it's cold. If it was, if it was like that day in Florida when we were in Miami, Gerard, uh-huh. there was like, um, um, it wasn't too bad, but early in the day when you were right in the sun, it was ridiculous. Oh, it was like over 100 on the sideline, right? right. Yeah. So if it was like, and that was on a day that it was quote unquote 70 degrees or whatever, or 80 degrees, whatever. But if it was like 100 degrees, so it would be 120 in the sun, something like that, I wouldn't like that either. I don't. I just want to be I want to be good. Yeah, well, I don't be worried about it. So, what's, so wh- why do you want to go live in Arizona year-round? It's a dry heat. Stop. Don't. That's <laughs> yeah. not. No. No. Don't, don't even go there. Don't look. I knew it. I'm like, I'm going to tee him up, and he's going to be like, it's a dry heat. It is That's very different. It's different. It is different. It's it, not. It's like being in an oven. It's still hot. It's still really hot. And in the summer, it, it wouldn't be great. I'd like to be in. I could, I'd like to be here in the summer. Yes. And I'd like to be there, not in the summer. All right, but I'd take Fair. the dry heat over humidity heat any day. Any day. From a yes. comfort standpoint. And there's pools everywhere. Everybody's got a pool. You'll sit in your pool. You'll drink a margarita. You'll eat a taco. It'll be great. <laughs> um, all of that is fine. Yeah. Like, it's still 110 degrees. And it doesn't rain nearly as much because it's not as humid. Now, from an equipment standpoint, have you guys ever experienced something this cold as far as producing a game, Jay? We've we've had a few games that were super cold, but nothing like this, potentially. That's I, I'm interested to see. Our gear is going to get tested on, uh, on Saturday. <laughs> we're going to find out what works and what doesn't in this extreme weather. Oh, my gosh. This is gonna yeah, be from a wireless standpoint and from antennas, and I, I think we're all kind of like, well – I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I've, I think I've said be I've been in it. Be, I've been in it before, so I know the pain involved with it. So that part, I've I've gone down this path before, so I know I can tolerate it. Obviously, that was years ago. So I, but I know I, I know I have <coughs> championship blood running in me, so I'll be able to get through it. But man, yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, last week was even a concern for me. From a okay, am I gonna be able to talk sensible? <laughs> with it being as cold as it's going to be. so Yeah, because it can make your mouth numb. It makes it hard to speak. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. It's great. You did a great job, and we'll we'll get through this. Yeah, not a fan of extreme temperatures, and I'm not ashamed of that. Nah, as, man, as believe me, I'm not going to call you out for not calling you not being tough for it sometimes, man. No, <laughs> it, it, I don't think in this situation Saturday, no one, no one needs to be a tough guy. No one needs... I'm pretty sure it was our good friend, Mo Pedman, who said he sees all this stuff about people saying how tough it is to, like, sit out in games. And he said, I've never seen, like, in a fight situation, somebody's like, oh, well, I sat outside in a game. Like, okay, all right, let's not fight now. Like, (laughs) 
I've still been. I think he said I've still been punched in the face plenty of times. Yeah. And sitting outside in the cold did not prepare me for that. I think. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Exactly. Right. I believe he actually said that on TV too. Did he on TV? I saw yeah. the tweet. Nah, I used yeah. to have teammates be like, "Man, we're going all sleeveless today. You joining us? Eh. No. No. <laughs> no. Come on, man. You tougher than that. I was like, I already know I'm tough. I don't need to prove it to you. Right. <laughs> so no. I'm on I the am. team. I'm already on the team. I am. In fact, I have more tackles than you, so I guess what does that mean? So, oh damn! I am curious to see, and I know Chief said he's doing it. He's tripping. But like, at some point, you got to be like, "Hey, dude, you can't get frostbite on your body." Right? Yeah. Like that becomes a real possibility. (laughs) If it's negative twenty, yeah, and it becomes real possibility like quickly. Quickly. All right, hypothermia is for real. He might have to rub a bunch of like. Well, the Vaseline will be Vaseline, so it won't be a true bareness. Yeah, hopefully me, I got all Vaseline that. up. I'm going to use a whole all right. case of it. That's right. <laughs> Cake it up. When we come back, you're going to hear from Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, plus Gibbe and Gerard will get out into the matchup, the Browns offense against the Saints defense. It's Cleveland Brown Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services is always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, we've got you covered because at Howard Hanna, every day is game day. Visit howardhanna.com slash go Browns today. We kick off our matchup day here on Cleveland Browns Daily. Here's offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt at the podium. Sad, yeah, tough one, man. He was a legend. Actually lived over in the north side when I played for the Steelers early on, and he was like maybe two blocks down on the same road. He always stayed there. It was pretty cool, good guy. Um, sad, you know. No, I know. I mean, just met him a couple yeah. times in passing, but didn't know him personally well. But I know he's a hero in the city for sure for what he did in the community as well. How much did you have to rebuild kind of the connection you and and Deshaun had kind of developed over the offseason and the preseason when he got back into the building? I mean, how much had there been sort of an erosion? I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, just kind of step back to, you know, take step forward. Yeah, no, I, I think that obviously when you're not communicating every day, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but once he got back in, it was like riding a bike, you know, in the quarterback room, he fit right back in. Um, Drew does a great job in that room of getting those guys ready to play, and I think he really didn't miss a beat. Hey, uh, Alex, Deshaun talked about it a little bit today, but why do you think he is such a good fit for uh, the system you guys run, and why he was looking forward to playing? Yeah, I think we get a lot. Of, we do a lot of things that that help him uh, be a better player. Whether it starts with the run game, really. Um, if you don't have to rely on just passing the ball, you're going to be more balanced, more sound, and I think we have that ability to, to do both. Um, you know, obviously, a big part of our game is is the the keeper game off of the off the play action, um, and he's really good on the perimeter. So it kind of marries up. Like the the keeper game. Do you think is it taking defenses a while to respect that that he might keep it around the corner? Like, do you still see those ends crashing maybe more than? They will after he's played more? Uh, you know, I think it goes back and forth, really, each game. You know, you'll see uh, them hold more now, which helps the run game. Uh, he does a great job of making everything look the same, whether it be the run or the keeper. Um, and that makes them play it honestly. And that's what we're looking for. Um, 
you know, anytime they're chasing down the line of scrimmage, you know, then then they're they're not playing the keeper and it's coming. The you know the no huddle and the, you know the tempo changes that you can do with him. Why is he well suited to that sort of thing? I think it's a, for a guy that's just gotten into the system for the first year and not you know been a part of it for a, a chunk of the season. It allows you to operate quickly and communications less at the line of scrimmage. I think that's something that uh, all of our guys really uh, respond to well. Just uh, short, quick calls, precise, and we know exactly what to do in those calls. I've seen those initial connections with Deshaun and guys like David Njoku and Amari Cooper, but then last week it looked like he started incorporating guys like Dalen Baldwin, Mike Woods getting them. Is that something that helps him get to that next level of his development and getting him kind of back on track where you guys want him? I think so. I really do. I, I mean, I've seen growth every week. Um, I would say yesterday I, I thought he had his best practice he's had. Uh, just command of the huddle, command of the play calls, uh, his footwork, his timing, his rhythm, his accuracy. Yesterday I really was impressed. So um, those guys, really proud of the young guys that stepped up, um, you know, Baldwin and Woods. Uh, they're going to be a big part of us moving forward. They're good players. And for him to come in and, you know, not shy away from throwing those those young guys the ball is, is good. So. Um, Again, just he's progressed each week uh, with the help of the young receivers, but really impressed with his week of work uh, yesterday starting off this week. He's talking about the game slowing down for him. Can that out even for a guy like Deshaun who's been out, was out for so long, does the game have to slow down again, sort of re-slow down? Absolutely, for absolutely. You know, when you're out of football for as long as he was, live action, um, you know, it's it's chaotic when you start doing it again until you get that feel and that rhythm again, and that's what I'm seeing now on the field for him. It's just it's, it's slowing down. Um, you know, there's not not as much angst in his body. You can just tell he's more comfortable with what he's doing. What about uh, you know, the guys having to stay alive? You know, when he's out of the pocket and just learning that whole side of him. We talked to him about the you know the Michael Woods play where you know Michael had the little love. Uh, learning moment there on the sure. field, but uh, can you just address that a little bit about how those guys have to be ready for whatever Deshaun has to offer? Yes, we, uh, I mean, that's something that in the skilled room when we talk to the receivers and tight ends and running backs, we talk about the scramble drill daily, daily. Um, it's part of our game. Um, it's a big part of what I'm used to from Green Bay with Aaron, so I know exactly how important it is that everybody's on the same page once we break contain, once we get out of the pocket, there's rules, and we definitely go over those daily. And if a, a clip comes up in practice, whether it be in a game or practice or another game that you're watching somebody else do, we'll pull those apart and just say, here's what they did well, or here's what we did well, or here's where we can improve when we break contain. Because that, that's a big part of explosive football is outside the pocket and broken plays. So there are hard and fast rules on that too. It's not as uh, sort of fire drill as it, as it might look. It does sometimes look that way, but uh, hopefully we're all on the same page and know exactly how to execute when we do break the pocket. Or, you know, with the wind and the cold forecast for Saturday, like, do you guys go in prepared to run, whatever, 50 times if you need to? Like, is that in your mind? Yeah, we'll adjust and adapt to conditions. Um, is what it is. You know, we're, we're fortunate to get to play in it. Uh, being from up here and, you know, facing the team from the south, we like that. Um, yeah, if it's one of those days, you know, that we're – you can't even take a shotgun snap because the wind's blowing too hard. We'll adjust and adapt. But I think uh, you know we have a good plan going in, uh, contingency plans. If it is one of those days where you just can't really do anything but get under center and run the ball, we're ready for that. Um, if we get lucky and it's not as windy as they're calling for, we're ready for that. Um, you know, it just should be fun. It's cold. Um, you know, a lot of energy in the stands when it gets cold like that. So it should be a, a fun day. 
how might Kareem be, you know, suited to the the kind of an offense that Deshaun uh, runs because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield? Yeah, no, I think both of our backs are are really good. Obviously, um, Nick's just as good in the gun as Kareem. I think they will probably see a little more gun if you if you did a statistical breakdown with Deshaun and Jacoby. Um, and both those guys are good runners, but Kareem especially, you know, does a lot of good things from the gun out of the backfield, uh, you know, third down as well. What have you learned about Amari just being around him this year as he's ready to, you know, looks like he's going past a thousand yards again? Hoping so. Yep. Really proud of him, man. He's, uh, you know, getting to know him over the course of the season, how seriously he takes it. Um, it means a lot to him. His route running is as good as I've ever been around. Uh, is to, to create separation, his suddenness, his ability to put his foot in the ground and break, you know, with violence at the top of the routes to create separation, um, and just tries to do it right every time. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, his film studies is uh, really, really strong. You know, um, the, the quarterbacks and he will text on the side often. Uh, Did you see this clip? Or they'll send film clips back and forth, so I know how hard he works at it. That's Browns offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt at the podium. It is a matchup day, and Gerard Cherry joins us here to break down the New Orleans Saints versus the Browns offense. First and foremost, Gerard, what needs to happen on offense for the Browns to win on Saturday? No pressure. I just need to know a complete game plan. It's really simple, and Nathan and I alluded to it earlier, Jay, in that you can't turn the football over for starters, and in these weather conditions, it's going to be very challenging not to do that because the ball is... It's cold, but it's like a hot potato. You hit your hands, and you're like, oh, that hurts. But with that being said, who wins in the trenches? I mean, all games come down to that. But really on this particular Saturday, with what we're expecting from a weather standpoint, you have to have this thought process that the following is important, that you have to run the ball effectively and run it well and control the clock and just beat down and wear down a team that's not used to operating in these conditions. And if you can do that from a running the football standpoint and just controlling things from that regard – you're going to have a great chance of getting some success on the football field and obviously having Posey coming back. And if he can be just where he was, which is hard to anticipate, but he was playing at a Pro Bowl level. And then once he went away, the running game tailored off because of that, I believe, because you the two went hand in hand. He left the premises and the running game went down. He's back on the football field. If it goes back up, then that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, and, and no slight on Yelda Froho, but Yelda Froho it's a guard. <laughs> and, and fourth removed from being a center, right? So, yeah, no, he did exactly. a tremendous job. I'm not even – that's not a – and please, Yelda, if you're listening, not a shot at you whatsoever. That's really just, again, he filled in admirably. But when you have the guy who was playing at a Pro Bowl level back doing what he's capable of doing, you want that on the football field. Well, and I think, Gerard, the other thing is when you are on offense and you're running the football, you know where you're going. Exactly. Like, the defense doesn't know where you're going. You know where you're going. And that, and especially on a home field like First Energy Stadium, that will help out this Browns offense. Well, it's, it's, can't say it enough. One, knowing where you're going, and then have you mentally prepared yourself for, to embrace the idea that we're going to be physical and we're going to run the football and we're going to get after the Saints team. Another thing you need to know with the Saints, remember the Algiers for the Falcons? He had 100 yards rushing. Now, granted, it was inside of a dome. And that's pristine. You can't get better conditions than that. But he ran through the Saints like they were water. So I would like to think that that same poor run defense will show its face on Saturday against who I have to say at this point, Algiers is not to the level of a Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, even if Nick is dealing with a foot injury as we speak. Or putting Ford back there or even Dearness 
to get an opportunity. So I like what we bring to the table because we have a stable of running backs. Yeah, I keep the keep them fresh, keep them yeah. running through, and just run the football. I agree with you. What's the matchup you're playing, paying the most attention to, especially <laughs> from that sideline spot? I'm going to be looking at the defensive offensive line. Really, you should be looking at that because if you're not, you're tripping. Because really, it's going to come down simply to that: who is controlling the trenches? And granted. They have guys that excel at rushing the football on the Saints' defensive front. Really good at that. They get after the quarterback, but I don't anticipate one Deshaun Watson passing that much, and we already know that he's capable of eluding would-be tacklers as well. And also he brings the element. We haven't talked about that, what he could potentially do from a running standpoint. Now the bootlegs exactly. is going to be hard to like convince a guy to honor a pass because of the weather, but still having that element from a quarterback standpoint with the RPO game as a possibility because they're going to throw the same thing with us with Taysom Hill, you have to imagine, as far as just running the football. But, again, Cam Jordan, no more for, I mean, a complete defensive lineman, baller. And then you got Davenport can get the job done as well. So And then Tuttle. So they got guys yeah, up front. I mean, Demario Davis right, played with us best, for a season. Right, he's, he's a great linebacker. He's been balling for them. Yes, he has. Captain now. But, he's made himself yeah. a captain on that squad. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, the Honey Badgers back at free safety. Mm-hmm. Lattimore, like, they're, they're a good team defensively. That was going to be their bread and butter this year. It has not lived up to that. And then with all of the injuries offensively, I mean, the season's gone to 5-9. and nine. That's where you see what you see is what you get here with the New Orleans Saints. Who is your X factor on offense this week for the Browns? I really, you brought the guy's name up and the fact that he's on the football field for me. It all starts at the center position. He's the center. He's the quarterback. If he can have, and I'm not expecting Jay to be at the form he was before he got hurt. Sure. But if you're close, I mean, I can't have a Deshaun Watson-Houston game type of experience with him because then we're going to lose the game. But if he is like somewhere in between, okay, good to great, we should dominate. Yeah. I I mean, there's going to be opportunities. And, And I would even say this. I know we're talking about running the football and running the football and running the football, but if if the wind's going a certain way and you are able to throw the football going certain directions, if you're a wide receiver or a tight end, you better make the play because <laughs> yeah. it's not you're, you're, they're going to be few and far between. You better catch the football. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Because like I said, when the ball coming at you and Watts can throw hard, I mean, I can't. I, I'm sorry, folks, but it's got to be real with you. The pain of catching something and tackling someone in these conditions, it hurts. It actually hurts you to play football in these situations. And that's the part we're not saying about. I'm telling you, it actually hurts in this situation to play. Now, granted, you can get hurt playing football. We know that. But to actually walk on the football field, catch a ball, make a block, there's pain going to be involved in that. And you got to get yourself ready for that. So, yes, if they have the opportunity, by all means, sacrifice yourself because the team needs this win. And this is where it's going to be also interesting in that, I mean, we're still not mathematically eliminated. There's a slight chance. They're, they're, they still have one as well. even but though it's, it's less than us. It's, but it's even more remote than what we're facing. So it's going to be interesting to see whose will can be conquered first and, and submitted to. That's really what, I mean, really all football games, especially tight ones, come down to that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's... This is a game where if you're seven and eight, all of a sudden, think and, and certain other things fall your way. And the NFL's been crazy enough on a Sunday, uh, the last few Sundays, for example, that buckle up. Anything's right. possible as long as you continue to handle your business. 
you're going to put yourself in a position. All right, and on top of that, just from the standpoint of finishing strong, and granted, you don't know who the cast of characters are going to be here next season, but there's something to be said about having momentum going into the offseason. Now, your greatest momentum is going to the actual playoffs and win, winning, but even then, you can win a Super Bowl and have a, a hangover, so it varies, but in our situation, I really do think that having the opportunity to assess who's for real, who's for fake, and making decisions based off that will do a lot in an evaluation standpoint, even though we don't have a first-round first draft pick this season. But we do have an opportunity from a free agency standpoint to bring guys in that will maybe fit what we're trying to achieve for those who aren't doing what we need to do to achieve. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, more on this matchup between the Browns and the Saints. Christmas Eve, 1 o'clock. We'll hear from Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper when Cleveland Browns Daily continues on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. There's a new way to cheer on the, your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. That's Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio, very soon as a matter of fact. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs, Gerard Cherry with you. But now let's go to the podium and hear from Browns wide receiver and Pro Bowl alternate, Amari Cooper. Amari, you're uh, closing in on 1,000 again. Is that an important milestone for you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a milestone that people respect, you know. Um, it, it's the milestone that uh, people start to view a receiver like, you know, he had a good season, so yeah, it is. Do you think it says a lot about your consistency that you've had so many of them? Yeah. How do you get mentally prepared to play in nine degrees? Uh, I mean, it's football, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, play in whatever conditions um, that come that day. Um, just got to just got to go out there and just ball, play football. I mean, the weather doesn't – it's a non-factor, really. If there's, uh, you know, 40, 50, 60-mile-per-hour winds and it's 9 degrees, you know, what does that do to potential for passing game? You know, obviously the weather does uh, affect the passing game, especially the wind. That's a huge thing. Um, but there are things you could do to kind of mitigate that. That's where strategy comes into play. Have you been told you'll need to get that core muscle that you're taking care of at the end of the – Say, say it again, say it again. The, core, the injury you had, which they say is a hip, you've said it's core muscle type. All right. Will you need some kind of procedure after the season? I don't know. I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Is it still bothering you a little bit? Yeah, of course. Amari, when, uh, when you have a quarterback like Deshaun and you have to stay alive on the scramble drills and he's outside of the pocket uh, doing all the stuff that he does, uh, is that something that, that you really enjoy, knowing that at any minute uh, some kind of a, a wild play can happen? Yeah, it's something that I think most receivers enjoy. Uh, it just gives you uh, an extra opportunity to make a play as opposed to when you might have a quarterback that's not as mobile. Um, the play probably would result in a sack, but somebody like Deshaun, uh, he can escape <clears throat> when um, the defensive line does a good job. Um, and still be able to make a play. 
So does it give you an opportunity to use some different talents and skills in terms of just, you know, cutting and the moves that you can make on, on DBs and stuff like that? No, I mean, it still requires the same talent and skill. I mean, you're still trying to lose the DB uh, because they're taught to plaster when a quarterback get out gets out of the pocket. <clears throat> so you're still trying to get away from them, I guess, just in a, a, a different way. Sean said last week that he thinks the sky's the limit for him and Kevin working together. What do you like about Deshaun in Kevin's system? Um, I mean, he's still himself. You know what I mean? I think the, it doesn't matter what system he plays in. I mean, he's still going to do a lot of the, the same things. And then he's also brought over some stuff that he, he liked when he was at Houston, you know. Uh, so I think that, that tandem – you know, it's good. You know, they work good together. Um, they communicate a lot. Um, and it's not just Deshaun and, and Kevin's system. It's Kevin saying, hey, you know, what's some of the stuff that you like? So, well, Laurie, it seems like Deshaun does a pretty good job of, like, communicating with you guys on, on what he wants, what he's looking for. I, I, do you feel that way and has that kind of helped speed, speed things along a little bit here? Yeah, I mean, he he's, yeah, he's always communicating uh, with us about you know how he sees things and he asks us how we see things. Um, he's really just trying to get on the same page um, so that when when it comes to game day, you know, we just go out there and do our thing. You played with Andy a couple of years ago in, in Dalton and uh, Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah. What, uh, what do you remember about that year with him? Uh, I mean, it was cool. I, Andy is a cool dude, man. Um, we weren't very good that year. Uh, you know, the year Dak got hurt mm-hmm. and Andy came in, he, he started a lot of games. Yeah, I think he did well. Yeah. Well, Deshaun the other day was talking about, um, you know, when you look at Patrick Mahomes doing the, the no-lookers and all those cool kinds of things, um, it seems like Deshaun is just starting to heat up. Are you looking forward to, uh, you know, some of those highlight reel passes that are about to come? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, um, we, we all could feel that, you know, he's starting to heat up. He's getting better with uh, every game, every rep he takes. Um, and, you know, similarly to uh, Mahomes, he was making those plays, you know. Um, so he's just I'm, – I'm sure he's excited and we're all excited for him to uh, make those type of plays here. And, and how lucky are you to land, you know, with a quarterback like that? Because it could – I mean, if you guys stay together over the next how many ever years, this could really uh, – take you to new heights in your career too, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, obviously uh, the relationship between quarterback and receiver is, is huge. I mean, <clears throat> every receiver wants to have a, a great quarterback like Deshaun, you know, throwing in the ball. So, yeah, I mean, quarterback really matters to me for sure. So, yeah, it's a good thing. Do you ever, you know, you're you're up into that stratosphere now. If you get 1,000 this year and you've already got four pro goals, do you think about the Hall of Fame? I'll cross that bridge when I get there. It's not a, a goal that you have set for yourself early on? I, yeah, I mean, I'm sure every player who's ever been to being in the NFL has set that goal. But, you know, you got to be where your feet are. As Donovan has grown this season and become, you know, had a kind of a breakout. Have you noticed as the season gone on, defenses changing how they're fo- how much they're focusing on you and because of, you know, they have to – worry about him as well? Yeah, it's a very uh, typical thing, you know, having success on offense, 
and a team is focusing on, you know, one receiver. Because there's always, like, two or three receivers on the field. Trying to give me time on that year in, like, trio or something. Most of the time, it's, like, two or three receivers on the field. Uh, I've seen it a lot when my defenses are focusing on me and then other guys start coming along. Uh, and then they have to change that. Uh, and so that's the great thing about having um, special players uh, everywhere on offense. Uh, Nick Chubb yesterday was asked about kind of Deshaun getting comfortable, and he said it's more about us getting to his level. Do you feel that? Do you feel like kind of Deshaun raising the level of everybody around him? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, we, we specifically have to practice things because of the, ta the talents that Deshaun has, you know. Uh, we emphasize the scramble drill and, and stuff like that just because we know how elusive he is and how when, you know, everything breaks down as far as the pocket, we have to be in the right place for him. You know what I mean? So, definitely. Do you feel like you have, you've had some pretty good experience already in your career having to do that? So it's probably sort of second nature to you, the, the scramble drills and the staying alive and all that. I wouldn't say it's second nature to me. Uh, I, I don't think I've played with a quarterback quite like Deshaun as far as, like, the elusiveness. Um, I think he can keep plays alive longer than, you know, all the other all the other quarterbacks that I played with, so it's kind of a, a new thing for me too. How proud are you of that consistency of all the <coughs> thousand yards you have been stacking? Uh, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's something that I expect to do um, every year, you know, barring injury and, and, or things like that. Um, really, just trying to you know reach that next level, that next level, uh, like you know, fifteen hundred yard seasons like that. Um, yeah. And I know you see it every day in practice um, with Deshaun, and you have since going back to the offseason. But in addition to that, have you also gone back and maybe watched some of his film to anticipate what could possibly be coming you know, from his Houston day? Yeah, that's another thing we do often in the meetings. We're always uh, going back and watching uh, his film uh, when he was at Houston so that we can get to get a better grasp of you know, how we should move when, again, uh, in the scramble drill situations and stuff like that. Yeah. Last regular season game at First Energy Stadium, how has it been like playing for you in that stadium this year in your time with the Browns? It's been cool. Um, it's, just, it's felt like a, a home game experience, you know, uh, all the fans being there. It's uh, very comfortable. And then I feel like uh, if you're comfortable, uh, when you're playing in the game, you'll do well. So I feel like it's been that type of experience for me this year. When, when you say going to that next level, I mean, it sort of implies that you think there's more, that we haven't seen the best of you yet. Is that mm -hmm. fair? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely fair. Um, you know, just got to, you know, keep grinding, uh, keep working hard. And, you know, I think the, the opportunity will meet the preparation, you know. All right, that's Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper. Gerard, what makes Amari Cooper so difficult to defend from a DB's perspective? You have a great combination of three things in that combo platter. One, physical presence. He's bigger and stronger than you may think when you see him up close. And then he has a speed that's deceptive as well. And then the other part is just being a student of the game and understanding that it's more than just – physical prowess, but it's also about my breaks, giving a defensive back a different look. Okay, he's anticipating I do this out of my break. Well, I'm going to do this. And playing that chess match with a DB in which now if you're in a state to where mentally you're sharper and you're also just as physically talented, 
then you're playing next level football when you can marry those three things together far as your work ethic, your approach, and then your mentality, and he's doing all those things. So that's why he's so consistent, Nathan, and that you get great production out of him. And the thing that really impressed me these past two weeks is that he's going out there playing hurt. We've seen yeah. in the past what dudes refuse to do that, and he's not doing that. So that shows you right there that's the guy that you want on your roster because whenever you can get your top-tier guys to play hurt – when they don't have to because of the contract and how much they make dictate that, hey, you're not going to do anything to me, and they still go out there and do that, that's tremendous. Gerard, you were down on the sideline. The throw came towards your sideline. But just tell people how impressive the throw, the catch, all of it was on the play where Deshaun kind of rolls to his right and from the far hash throws a laser beam to Amari Cooper coming across the field on that far sideline. Well, we could just stop with the throw itself in that yeah. if you're going to have an opportunity, say you're aspiring to be a professional quarterback, one of the first things they want to see is, can this dude throw from the opposite hash to the sideline? Is there is there what we call mustard on the ball in the process of doing that? Deshaun Watson made that look routine like you and I are out in the backyard playing catch, throwing yeah. to each other. That's how easy and effortless it looked. So that right there tells you everything you need to know. And then the fact that he was able to put it in a position where Coop didn't have to break stride, but it was right there anticipated where you expected, that gives you all the confidence in the world as a receiver to know that, hey, my QB is throwing dimes out here. So just let me run my routes and concentrate on that. That ball is going to be there, and I'll be able to make a play. And I don't have to worry about necessarily adjusting, though that could be in my part of my game is that the wind could get it, someone could tip it. But when you know that you have top-tier passer Throwing a football to you, that's encouraging as well. And you can, and though Coop is not the most demonstrative guy, in his own way, you can tell the excitement in his own way, the fact that who he's who's throwing to him. Very no doubt. Opportun- yeah. oppor- opportunistic for him in having a situation as he gets into that second half of his career to be with a guy like with like Watson. Because it's only going to help his cause to make that run towards the Hall of Fame. You are exactly right. That Watson to Cooper hookup. We don't know how much we'll see it this week, but Amari Cooper nearing in on 1,000 yards this season. That would be a great milestone for him and for this team. We just don't know how much they'll be able to throw the ball on Saturday against the Saints. When we come back, hour number two of Cleveland Browns Daily, we're going to go ahead and hear from defensive coordinator Joe Woods, get into that matchup. We've got the Browns mailbag coming your way as well. And then we should have a special guest in studio at the bottom of our number two. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs, Gerard Chariots, Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. On 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, get into First Energy Stadium quicker on Saturday with Express Access. Presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win a Browns autographed item. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Now... Onto the defensive matchup versus the Saints offense. For more, here's Joe Woods at the podium. We were just talking about um, Taysom Hill and all the problems that he presents. He's kind of unique, isn't he? Yes. Um, yeah, he's one of the most unique players in the league. Um, I think they do a good job of using him. 
they're really running multiple offenses where, you know, he's on the field and he can play a lot of different positions. Um, so it's definitely a challenge. Um, but I think we're putting together a good plan. Speaking of, of Miles, um, he came out in, in real strong support of you. And I know you're just doing your job to the best of your ability. But last week, he really came out in very strong support of you. And then after the, the Ravens game, he, he really raved about you know the defense, the calls, and all that kind of stuff. So for your star player to, you know, to be so supportive of the job that you're doing, what, what does that mean to you? It means a lot. Um, I mean, he's definitely the leader of our defense. I really had no idea. Honestly, did that happen? Um, but we always just try to put our playmakers, um, put guys on defense in position to have success. And I felt like we've done that better lately. But definitely hearing him say that is makes me feel confident in what we're doing. I like um, John Johnson three. I mean, it really looked like that was the best game that that I've seen him play all season. So, did you do anything different with him schematically, or did it just? turn out that way no, no just, he had a good game <laughs> but he's played well a lot of plays we call him the eraser so a lot of plays he makes he's the, like the last line of defense but he was very active I think that fumble he forced was the last play that he played that game but uh, he's really doing a great job and he's really the leader of the back end you expect him to play this week I do we'll see him we gotta take it day to day but I do did you think your uh, kind of brand new linebacker crew handled that game? They did a nice job. It was interesting at times. You know, we knew going into the game they had so much scheme. There was going to be a few things that we would see that wasn't on tape that we had to adjust to, and they did. They pulled some new stuff, and a lot of the stuff involves on linebackers in terms of the fits or in terms of making adjustments with the front. So I think once we figured it out, to a degree, they did a nice job. Denzel like, jumped that route, JJ, and punched the ball out. Like they actively went and got those. I guess just how nice was that to to finally see that you know kind of come to fruition here? Yeah, it was good. I mean, we definitely needed it. It always changes the game. And I think we got him back to back, and he almost Denzel almost had one later in the game too. But definitely, we preached uh, takeaways. And we know it really changes the game because we're, we're either scoring or getting it back for our offense. But to see that happen to those two guys was exciting. You guys over in the last three games or, or so have started to get more takeaways. Is it just – I know Miles brought it up after the Buffalo game about getting more focus on it in practice. Is it just coincidence that it, you know, it kind of coincided? Or have you guys done more in practice focusing on, on that as I feel like we've been consistent, but I've definitely talked about it more. Um, I always do a presentation every meeting, and we always talk about our rip attempts or opportunities we had in practice because I want to make it feel game-like to them. But I think the more confidence they play with, the better technique you play with, if the rushing coverage is working together, I think that's when the, the takeaways come. And like I said, we've got some the last couple of weeks. I know that the Ravens got some criticism up there for maybe not running it continue to run it with the success they were having. Yeah. Were you surprised that they didn't run it even more than whatever, 28 times that they did? I felt like they ran at 50, uh, you know, to be honest with you. No, I mean, I think they were mixing up a little bit, but they had some success with some of the stuff that they game planned against us and we were trying to adjust. Um, I think after one of the big runs, the series, they had some big runs. They went back and through the, 
one pass, and that's when we got the takeaway with with John. Um, but like I said, I feel like they're running a lot. We just had, I think, about five plays where we gave up 100 yards. You talk about the creating consistency, but there's been a lot of inconsistency in terms of who's out on the field because of so many injuries and just having guys go in and out. Do you think that's a testament to the effort that you've put into creating consistency that these past couple weeks, even though guys have gone out, they're still trying to kind of get it back on track? Yeah, I really give credit to the coaches and give credit to the players. Um, we've had a lot of guys go down, especially at the linebacker position. And, you know, they're not waiting for us. You know, you have to get ready. Um, seems like the week gets shorter when those things type of happen or those things, those type of things start to happen. But I really feel like the players have done a good job working with the coaches, spending extra time after the meetings, um, reviewing practice, going over the game plan. And I feel like once those guys get the game day, they feel comfortable. Um, so I think the new guys or the guys we have playing more have done a nice job because of all those things. Does Kamara present that's unique to his his abilities? He is um, he's a unique player in his own right. Just because he's a very good runner, but you can see they put him in different places. Um, but when he gets out on routes, he's hard to deal with. So you have to have a plan just because of what he's able to do in the passing game against them. The run game, there's you know obviously coverage pressure, but when he gets out in the pass game, you better have a couple different ways to try to cover him. Yes, yes. Yeah. It seems like when your safeties have a real good night, the entire defense does. Which leads me to ask you, are they the key to playing a good defensive game in your system? I always believe it. I mean, I think you need all 11, to be honest with you, but I believe it starts up front because it's your ability to, you know, stop the run game, your ability to rush the passer. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it all works together. Because when you're in the back end as a safety position, as I mentioned earlier, you're the eraser. So if something breaks through, you got to get it down or it's a touchdown or if it's a long pass. And those guys have done a nice job. You know, Grant's got better all year. John's been consistent. But um, I feel it takes all of it. What impresses you about a lot of Talent, speed. I mean, they're targeting him at a high rate. Um, he's making plays, and you knew that. I mean, you, when you're watching the draft, you're always aware the receiver's coming out. So I knew he's coming out, but um, he you know he's very talented, you know, especially for a, a rookie playing. Um, but he has the speed, he has the route running ability, um, he can make the tough catches. Um, so we're going to have to deal with him. Jarvis, what, what does, uh, I know he's been injured some, but what, what does Jarvis still have to offer? Yeah, Jarvis knows us. We know Jarvis, but he's always been a tough. Um, Receiver, you know, he's more of a guy that you see him move the chains. You know, they put him in route concepts where, you know, he can get some one-on-ones and he's always been tough to tackle. Um, you know, he's still making plays. You see him on tape. It's weird looking at him, you know, in a different jersey. But uh, we're, full, we're fully aware of what he's capable of doing and we feel like we know how they're going to use him. All right, for more on Saturday's matchup between the Browns defense and the Saints offense, we go to our Browns analyst, Gerard Cherry, brought to you by Evolve Technology. Evolve Technology powers best-in-class security for the Cleveland Browns. Gerard, what needs to happen on defense for the Browns to win on Sunday? Uh, first and foremost, create turnovers. Get off the football field when you have the opportunity. Do not get into a sustained drive situation with the Saints because they are very capable from an offensive 
skill position standpoint. They have talented players on that roster, but they do fumble the football. Make them want to go home early and not play in this game for the entirety of it. Don't give them hope. Let the weather weigh in on them because it is going to be adverse for them coming from New Orleans. But, again, you have to stop the run and you have to create turnovers because when those scenarios take place against the Saints, guess what, Jay? They lose football games. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It will be interesting. Last week they showed up and they showed out. That bronze linebacking core going to be tested again this week. Oh, they certainly will be. And you love the fact that you have guys who never really, when you think about Jones and you think about the other guys surrounding him, Karnaschik as well as Fields being out there on the football field, they had no really track record. But what did they do last week? And you're in it, yes, 200 yards were a mass, but when they need to make plays, they made plays. Bend, but don't break, baby. I'll take that all day, every day, because you know what? If I'm giving up, my, if it's not going to look good on paper, but if, you're not, if you only have three points on the board, I'll live with that. So get all the yards you want between the 20s, great. Once we get to the red zone, sure things up and kick field goals and miss them, hopefully, and you can win with that scenario, and that's exactly what we did. And I look for a very similar game. It's as if last week Jay prepared us for this Saturday in that it's going to be colder, obviously, but you did get a semblance of what it feels like to play on the cold weather, and these guys will use that to their advantage, I'm, I'm sure. Going back to creating turnovers and the matchups to watch, it really starts up front with that defensive line, and no, no Jadavian Clowney on Saturday. He's in concussion protocol, has, still has not cleared that. Next man up, you got Chase Winovich, who's had some pretty good snaps here recently. Alex Wright, I thought, had a really good last couple games. He should have gotten his first sack. He, he seems to be just a half step off from getting uh, having a couple sacks already in the book here. And then, you know, Jordan Elliott had a great game on, sa- he on Saturday. Right. He's got to step up again. And then Perrion Winfrey continues needs to continue to develop as well. Yeah, Perrion's making steps as well. And Jordan just needs to be consistent with it because we've seen these flashes that when he plays good, I haven't seen a game yet that we've lost when he's dominated. Not one yet. Any game that you notice that he plays well in on the defensive side of the ball, we're getting things done. So certainly he has to step up. And if Thomas is going to get his opportunities, guess what? He needs to step up as well. But I'm really going to be looking at Bryant, Elliott, and Tokyo if he plays to get involved in the mix. Because certainly in Perrion Winfrey, those are going to be the guys really going to have to do a lot because I don't really they will they're going to do things to test the edge, obviously, and to see if we're going to maintain our gap integrity and our force and force and what would be the other rules, force and coverage rules as far as it concerns with running the game, they're going to see, test all that, and they should test all that because that's going to be the key to run this football. And the Saints like to run up the middle, and they like to run outside as well. So you have to make sure that you have the correct contain and then you correctly force. And if you do those things, you stand a great chance of slowing down this running game. But it's just going to be really boiling down to who deals with the adversity that the weather is going to present and not let it psych them out, Jay. That's really what it's going to come down to. Well, and the other thing, and you and I talk about it when you're on the sidelines uh, every game day, winning your one-on-one matchup. It is it is almost imperative Saturday that that happens. Oh, well said. And, and with that, what that entails, people say, well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is the following. Someone blocks you, you don't stay stalemate with them because you didn't win. You win your one-on-one matchup on defense. When you get blocked, you get rid of that guy and you make the tackle or you have some impact on the play, be it forcing the guy back in to someone else or doing whatever your gap integrity rules or calls for you to do at that point in time. But if you're getting blocked and there's a stalemate, offense is one. And a lot of times on our defense, 
unfortunately, what you've seen take place is that that one-on-one block is winning and guys aren't getting off their block, and that cannot be excused. You have to defeat the blocker, and that's how you do your job. No question about it. It's going to be a very, very important game. Defense is going to have to help set the tone. Like you said earlier, defense going to have to create some turnovers, and they've been doing a good job of that. Yeah, they're coming in bundles going. and bunches yeah, of late. That's fine. Let's let's get a few more bunches here with three games left to play <laughs> in, in the uh, in the regular season. It's the funniest thing, Jay. When you play in a cold weather game, you think the ball was like on fire, but I kid you not, it is so hard in these conditions to handle a football, and it's almost like the ball the ball is like a stone, and your hands are brittle because of the cold. So. It's going to be something, to say the least. Can't say the No question. Amen to that. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because we can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. The Z comes back next. It is playoff time in fantasy football. Zagura with uh, some stardoms. And, guys, maybe you should take advantage of this Saturday against the Browns and the Saints. Your questions as well. It is a mailbag Thursday at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. This is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumkey Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join us as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit www.rumkey.com to learn more. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry, Jason Gibbs. It's Cleveland Browns Daily. It's brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio. All right. Gibbe, you're looking for a little fantasy? I think the people might need a little fantasy here. It's playoff time. How did you do last week, by the way? Good. We're moving on. Okay. All right. The quarterback situation was all right. Well, Fields had himself a day. Fields had a good day, but the quarterback situation actually is interesting this week, and that's a good place to start here with fantasy because Jalen Hurts is out. Lamar Jackson also out. And Huntley has not been fantasy relevant for you yet. So I don't know that you can go with him this week. I don't know that you can you can take that plunge and say, all right, that's who I'm going with. I'm going to go uh, with Tyler Huntley. So some people that you can look at for your fantasy teams this week, I think, you know, at the quarterback position, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. The is, stash returns. Is, is back. He's got A.J. Brown, who has been sensational this season for them. In fact, A.J. Brown's got eight touchdowns since week seven, which is the second most in the entire NFL, or the most in the NFL from a receiving standpoint. The only person with more, or the only person who's second is Juwan Johnson, who we're playing this week. So I still think you can get away with Minshew if you're in a desperate situation, because if you had Hurts, you probably didn't have another quarterback on your roster. You go and you pick him up. If not, who are some other guys? Maybe Jared Goff is out there. Now, Carolina's a tough defense, but he's been hot. And then the other one, 
and this is more desperation, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones against Minnesota, just because that defense gives up a lot of points. Maybe you take a shot there. Nick Foles, name the starter in Indy. I mean, that's risky. Hopefully you're going with somebody very good. Geno Smith against Kansas City is a good play. Kirk Cousins always a good play. But, you know, your studs are your studs here. Trevor Lawrence has been red hot. I do think he's a good start. But this is a difficult matchup. And it would not surprise me if he had a down week this week. Not great. No, it's a tough it's tough at that spot. Uh running backs. You know everybody to start. You know exactly who to get into your lineups. Uh, I'm still rolling with both Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon of the Kansas City Chiefs. McKinnon, I think, has five touchdowns the last three games. Um, you want to keep those guys in your lineup. Najee against the Raiders. Keep him in your lineup. James Conner against Tampa. Ramondre, even though he had the, the silly lateral that led to all the chaos there in New England. Um, and Raheem Mostert, I'm still rolling with. Latavius Murray had a DNP today. Precautionary, they're saying. I think that you can start him comfortably at the running back spot. Wide receivers, again, good news here. This position is not one that has been dogged by injuries. So you know the guys to play to get into your lineups. If, you know, our game, I'll be honest with you, I'd be very concerned. I love Amari. I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. Love the Chief. But I just don't know if the conditions are going to allow for the Browns to throw the football. And so I, I would be looking elsewhere most likely for some high production one guy that I think you could pick up if like he's, he's out there and you needed to plug him in uh, Drake London going against Baltimore it seems like he's getting a lot of work right now Drake London now that Jay changed to Ritter Ritter went his way quite a bit last week Deontay Johnson coming on strong in a PPR league but the weather is a factor you've got to pay attention to the weather especially the wind there's six games that are going to be impacted by this at least impacted significantly now the one area where you can stream and usually have some success that is definitely the defensive position uh, if you need some people at, at tight end if Waller's out there grab him play him why not scored last week give him a chance uh, otherwise I think you're looking at, at going to the defenses I love Denver this week against the Rams. I think that is one of the best starts of the week. Uh, Ravens against Atlanta. Great start there also. Um, Tennessee against Houston. And then I think our game. I think the Browns defense is a good fantasy play this week against the New Orleans Saints. All right. I don't have any mailbag questions. The people are trying to get ready. I think it's vacations. They're trying to bundle up. People are trying to get their like shopping done, whether yes. it's grocery shopping, whether it's whatever the case might be. My question to you both, and Bo Bishop gave me this yesterday. He goes, save it for the guys today. Okay. Now's a good time. Your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movie characters. Mm. By the way, the, the mailbag today is presented by Vivid Seats, an official fan experience partner of the Cleveland Browns. You can tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily. Use hashtag AskCBD. Hmm. I mean, is Macaulay Culkin on the Mount Rushmore? Has to be Home no. alone? Yes, for sure. Kevin, the exact. <laughs> Not on mine. Not on yours. Yeah, no. What about Chevy Chase, Christmas yes. Vacation? Clark sure. Griswold, yes. Clark Griswold is on mine. John McClain? Is that a Christmas movie? To me, You're it is. Damn right it is, Gerard. That's what I'm talking about, baby. All right. I've got three locks. And what do you got? The old man from Christmas story. 
bumpuses. Buddy the Elf, because I just love Buddy. <laughs> I got one for you, too. Clark Griswold. Those are my three, like, absolute locks. All right, so I'm definitely John McClane. That's probably number one, numero uno. And then I love, love this it. guy for some reason. I don't think he gets enough love. And that is the one and only Yukon Cornelius. And you're probably saying, who is Yukon Cornelius? Who is Yukon Cornelius? From Wait Rudolph. Exactly. Yeah. From Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes. He's the one who Which took over the bottom Cornelius? <laughs> he fought him. Took him one-on-one. Rustled well him down the mountain. Thank you. Th- I was like, Yukon Cornelius, how do I know that name? Where do I know that name from? <laughs> is that the guy? Let me see him. Let me see him. I'm Googling him right now. It, oh, yeah. Yukon, the, he's the kind of the mountain man. Yes. Yeah, he's legit. What I, I, I like pull, Yukon man. Cornelius. <laughs> That's my guy right there, Yukon Cornelius. I like that. I and, like that, too. That's a then, hell of a pull. And just because I love saying it, no one wants a Charlie in the box. <laughs> Gerard, I love it. I love it. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, is the Grinch, does the Grinch get on there? Yeah, he's fired. Bowhead the Grinch is like a 4A or 4B. Yeah, the Grinch. Animated he, or no, Jim Carrey? No, uh, the Jim Carrey version. I'm going to animate it. I like the animated mm. one. Fair enough. Well, Charlie, and I will say, I got it. Uh, we just watched this the other day because it's, it's Kayla's favorite. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen in the Santa Claus is hysterical. It is pretty good. And there's enough adult humor to yeah. offset the kid humor. He's a total. He is such a crud in that. It's it's actually quite funny. See the store manager from Elf, whose name I don't recognize. <laughs> oh my god! Awesome. When he six just spears Buddy inches. in the middle of the store. <laughs> the six inch ribbon curls. I'm shocked you didn't bring up your boy, The Miz. Oh yeah, Mikey Muscles from Christmas Bounty. Yeah, Mikey Muscles is a strong character. I don't know if he gets on the Mount Rushmore. Eddie, a, he's just more like no, not on the route, but like maybe a little consideration. What about uh, was it Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh God, weren't they fighting the over a Christmas toy? Yeah, they were. Jingle all the way. Yeah, horrible movie. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I wasted money on that movie. You I'm could still make the case it. too for Todd and Margot as like a one person. Todd and Margot are such great foils. In Christmas Vacation, Cousin Eddie, I mean. Mm-hmm. Blank is full. Cousin Eddie is is strong. Um, I think the old man by the elf, Clark Griswold, that's a strong trio. And then you've got Yukon Cornelius and, and John McClane. I mean, and the Grinch. I mean, I think that's our six. I think that's our super six. We're going to have a different mountain with room for six heads. Not just four. Is that okay with you, Gibby? I'm fine with that. All right. So there it is. Christmas vacation was on last night. And I, I'm in bed just laughing. Woke my wife and up. She's it's like so good. Times, right? It's Still so laughing. good. I mean, honestly, the wife's not even a bad. She could be. She was, was great. That Beverly D'Angelo? That. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. She sells it. <laughs> there, there was a moment last night in the thing. I don't, in Christmas Vacation, that I don't think that I can remember seeing before. And I wasn't, the the two old men are, are napping and snoring. Uh-huh. 
and they're showing the parade and talking about Rudolph, and they're talking about his cojones. And it's in the background enough that you'd never pay. Like, I was like, wait a minute, what was that? And I rewound it, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard of that. All right, I got to go look at this because I don't have I that off the top of my head. I was dying. It was hilarious. I like it. Yeah. I, uh, it, it, not, a, not a bad time. And how many times have you seen Die Hard, Jay? More times than... I... I've seen it so many times. I know Argyle's name. And if you know who Argyle's name is, you've really seen it a lot. And that, just in case you're wondering, is the limo driver. Jeez. I have not seen it that many times. I got to be honest. I love the limo driver. Miss K, Miss K has never seen it. So that's on our agenda for... Uh, uh, oh my God, perhaps, she's deprived. Yeah, perhaps for tonight. All right, coming up next, we got a special guest in studio. He is perfection. That's coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. When a medical mistake causes you injury, call the medical malpractice attorneys at 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk, proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. And oh, what a very special early Christmas gift it is to have former two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion and the 22nd Triple Crown Champion in WWE history. I'm surprised there are 22, to be perfectly honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that sounds a little high. That feels inflated. I'm going to yeah. say you're like, it's like 2.2. HBK, maybe. you, that Mike guy, <laughs> and, and that's it. So probably the third. Soon to be Mr. Mazan. Soon, soon to be Mr. Mazan. And Dolph Ziggler joining us now. <laughs> What's going on, brother? Uh, not that I, I'm, I'm happy to be back in Cleveland. Uh, we get uh, the Browns on a huge win streak. I'm right behind it. I'm happy to hear it. It is nice. Three of the last four for the Browns, yeah. obviously. The season started with so much hope, and then, you know, we obviously, you get to Sean, you get the news that he's going to be suspended for six games by a federal judge, then the league says, nah. Before, let me stop you there. Would you sure. S- I love that. They said six games. Immediately, I have four group chats going, okay, we can go three and three. We'll do four and two. We're going to do this. Like, no, listen, they just got to hand it off to Chubb, throw a screen pass twice a game. Like, yeah, and then they goes. Then it got bumped again to then eleven. Like, okay, all we gotta do is go five and six, and we'll be like everybody just doing the math. I love that. And the bottom line is, all of those things on the group chat that were said were correct. <laughs> yeah, that know. is all that they had to do. I and in know. fact, we had it. We were on track, and the Jets yeah. game kind of Oof. derailed us. You know, one in a. It had been what two thousand two hundred thirty six straight games under that circumstances, oh, ended with God. the team winning. I, I hate that I was um, – so, I, first and foremost, I love listening to you and Jim Donovan. That makes my Thank day. Thank you, man. I am not, makes my day. I'm not in town, so I have the Browns app, and I get to listen to you guys. And, by the way, my dad will do the same thing. He'll just turn the – he'll watch the TV in the garage, but he turns the volume down and puts you guys on. You got to do a little uh, fast-forwarding rewind and get the timing right. time it up, yep. But it is so great, and it's, it's – I love knowing that you're a fan – Grew up here, love this stuff, and now you two are doing it. Uh, we, we love that. If, if it was terrible, I'd be excited, but it's awesome, and you guys rock. I love that. 
Thank Sorry, you very continue. much. Yeah, I, I no, that me. means that means a lot coming from you. That. And yeah, it's it's awesome that when I did this, you know, to have you and and Mike and a bunch of my friends who are have made it out of the city of Cleveland and who are big celebs out there have, have been able to stay with the team through that and and you know getting to know each other and then doing this. It's been for me, it's been awesome. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. I'm glad that, that you're enjoying that rocks, it, man. It's as so well. Cool. Yeah, you try it's even you know when we're we're losing or something and you just hear a big play and you hear Jim Donovan's voice in your voice. And I, I love it. And you're, you're so smart and you do it. It's, it makes it so great for people who are no longer in Cleveland to be able to hear you guys. I love that. Well, I appreciate that very much, but it is great that you are back in Cleveland for the holidays. Yes. Happy to be here. Uh, I get, I haven't seen a game live in two years, I think. So I'm getting to the, the, uh, Christmas Eve game. Very excited. Very excited that we're huge favorites in that game, too. So uh, <laughs> We are favorites. We get up by three. It'll be mercy rule. We'll start victory formation. I love that. Just call the game at that juncture <laughs> right there. Now, what are you thinking about the weather? Uh, I, so, first and foremost, I almost came right for the gym here in my shorts and a T-shirt because it's beautiful outside. I guess in the next 24 hours, it becomes a, a glacier effect, a yeah. snowstorm. We're going to lose all 50 of these degrees. Yeah. All everything. 50 of them. What's it supposed to be? Uh three or six degrees or yeah, something and crazy. it's 50 right now <laughs> i was i i just i just went to the gym in shorts and a t-shirt i had a winter hat on i took it off so i was too warm in the car like that's it's it's like spring outside and it's about to be a crazy storm which i'd be very disappointed if i was at the browns game and it was warm I'd be so bummed. you would be a hundred percent against the dome someday yeah sorry uh if we're gonna if we stuck with the browns this long we've stuck with the grass this long we stuck with the colors and not having a logo except for a helmet they all have helmets uh anyway if we've stuck with it this long <laughs> let let all the the pretty boys somewhere else have, have the fancy dome well, let's keep the grass okay keep I it like, gritty yeah. here in cleveland what do you think of the white face mask last week uh i i like when we do cool different things i like when we mix stuff up i like when we give those orange jerseys or something cool like that uh i'm still more of a fan of the tire tracks on the field than uh than the worried sad, about that. sad. I'd like to see it, but I think if we were in a better climate, perhaps that would have grown back in already. You know, that it was would turf. They would have yeah. just ripped it up and velcroed it down. Velcroed it right back in there. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be glorious. So, what's going on with you personally, professionally, outside of you know, obviously following the Browns, yeah. having a little, a little rough stretch, but now a little bit of hope. Uh, still, yeah, a little glimmers. A little bit of hope is nice, and and especially for uh, the fans that stay behind the Browns, no matter what we know. What is it? Point. Seven percent or whatever to make whatever. So, but it doubled, almost doubled from almost, point four to point seven. Right. So we're on the right trajectory. And by it the keeps way, doubling. We go back to that Jets game. They oh. had a point. They had a point one percent chance of winning. So we're, our odds are seven oh, times as seven good. Seven times that. I, I forgot you were talking about the Jets. I was uh, listening to you guys and uh, texting and texting my dad as I was going to the airport. Put I put my stuff on the conveyor belt for the X-ray machine for security at TSA. And I and he goes ninety seconds left, and Chubb just scored again. And I go, even we can't screw this one up. Put the phone off, went through security, <laughs> took it out to three missed calls from my dad in that ninety second window. He goes, we were the Browns again. I go, this I goes can't be real. And then I fourteen texts from different people all showed up, and uh, we did you know. Yeah, we were the Browns as we as we oftentimes are. Sadly. Well, hopefully that those days are in the past for us. Yes. What have you thought of Deshaun? You know, you see, obviously it was some rust in the first game. The defense picked him up, but 
you've seen, I think, pretty good improvement over the last couple. Sure, and you and you almost have to. Uh, I, I'm no expert on anything, but if you play with a team for 14 or 15 games, you clearly have better chemistry than if you play with a team for one game. Uh, Fair. That, I mean, that's understood no matter what the situation. Yeah, a little bit better um, than that, that first one, which, sure, there's got to be rust. There's got to be weird jitters even if, even if you've been around for 20 years. Uh, but as a fan... Yeah, you go when in doubt, and you know there's a little rust there. Just, just give it to Chubb. Just give it, give the ball to Chubb. Give it to your boy Nick Chubb, third in the <laughs> NFL in rushing, going to his a Pro Bowl once again, his oh, fourth straight so Pro great. Bowl. Hey, He's good. Is he your favorite guy? Uh, I, you I'm mentioned a, him like three times. I know. I keep saying it, but because I think my, it's burned into my brain yeah. when they're like, just give it to third Chubb. and two, and it's high and out of bounds. You go, just give it to Chubb. Like first and goal from the two, four times. Give it to Chubb. Whatever. That, that yeah. I'm sorry that I'm more of a defense guy I was a cornerback safety so uh Delpit get behind those kind of guys okay. making some big plays stepping up uh love that and like hustling hustling up and comers uh Schwartz I'm rooting for love that uh Peoples Jones I I bet <sighs> to, to get the first touchdown of the game and he got the first and only one it made my day so it made me that's some wonderful yeah. by the way Bally bet coming soon to Ohio you'll be able to do that right here in the great state Pretty of Ohio soon, yeah I had, a, I, had a, I had to get all my bets in before my plane took off right <laughs> my, my dad called me he goes did you take off yet I'm like oh my god is there an emergency what's wrong he goes put 50 on the Browns I'm like, all right okay okay let's go <laughs> the Ziegler family the Nemeths they're in big on the Browns you should be too Dolph great having you here man. I'm it's so great to be here it was just it was so warm that I wore ended up wearing two hoodies whoa and I just to wear a second one what is this lights in here this is unbelievable <sighs> did Brad Mellon put you up to this uh my close personal friend Brad uh sent me one of these in every color I want to say six months ago and now I have uh, one. I pass them out to my family. We've got our dogs in them. I guess they're like in short supply and people can't get them. I don't know. I I may never shower again or come out of this. Anyway, what were you yapping about? We'll be back with more Cleveland Browns <laughs> Daily right after this on ESPN <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, catch the Kevin Stefanski show tonight. Myself, Gerard Cherry, from 7 to 8 on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Head coach Kevin Stefanski and Browns punter Corey Bohorquez in an, a, a provocative one-on-one -on -one interview. I think you guys are going to like this. You're going to learn a lot about your punter. Right now we know that he hits bombs. That we are well aware of. But he is a he's like on the path to being the most interesting man in the world. Gerard, what's going on, brother? I can't wait to hear this, man. It it wasn't interesting. He's a he's a unique guy. Ordained minister. Mm -hmm. Collects classic cars. Uh huh. Just had a, a baby a few months ago. Well, his wife just had a baby a few months ago. Natural at home in their bathtub. Mm -hmm. We co we cover all that yeah. and much much more, Gerard. So you get ready. I'm ready. Gerard is ready. The Browns are ready. Browns and the Saints. Gerard, what do you think about tonight? Jags and Jets. Can Trevor Lawrence stay hot against the sauce? Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, he can stay hot because Ooh. a lot of people aren't saying this, but that move they made last week, the Jets, as far as putting Wilson back on the football field and using the doctors as a way to do that, I don't know if that set quite well with some of his teammates. How can you say that when there are 10 seconds left implying that there's medical malpractice going on and they're benching Mike White who went to 10 different doctors, none of whom would clear him? And now, what? 
We're talking about this on the Stefanski Show tonight, obviously. That's what we're starting with, Gibbs. Change the rundown. That's what we're leading off with tonight. You heard it here. Great tease by Gerard. The next level is next. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.